The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network The Bob Seska Show Presented by BubbleGenius.com Hello, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase Ed with a Week There's no better way to troll your Trump supporter friends Than by picking up Bubble Genius's own Tiny Orange Hand Soap Set Give yourself a hand or take two They're small, tiny in fact Teeny tiny and they're orange, of course, and smells appropriately of circus peanuts in honor of the GOP's clown dictator. Am I right, folks? Only $12 at BubbleGenius.com, but if you use our promo code CESCA, SESCA, at checkout, you'll get an additional 15% off only at BubbleGenius.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. God damn it! Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. I have so many properties and so many businesses, incredible businesses. And one of the incredible businesses I have, you know, Chris, I happen to have it with me right here. It's something called Trump Foie Gras. Look at this, just incredible. So it looks like a tuna can. Good camera on that. This is the highest. cameras on it. This is the highest quality foie gras made for my own liver. And I have Ivanka shove a tube down my throat and force feed me grain every Thursday. This is starting to feel like an infomercial. And I'm comfortable with that. I like it. I think that's good television. Let's keep going. Trump foie gras is the highest quality. I mean, it's my liver and I have the best liver. I have incredible bile production. Where would I get it? I mean, this just seems like something you have to get for a fancy market, like supermarket out of the Hamptons or something. It's currently available at Brookstone's right next to the vibrating chairs. I want to know what else there is. This is too good to be true. What is Look this? at this, Chris. Okay, so this looks like a regular catheter that you would use on a day-to-day basis. It's so much more, Chris. It's gold-plated and it has has one of the softest insertion tips on the market. It's like a baby has put its pinky finger inside your dick. You look like a guy who is swollen with urine, Yeah, Chris. tell me about Absolutely. it. I never really stop peeing, but I never really feel like I'm peeing. It's just one day-long dribble for this guy. Well, I don't want you to dribble like the Harlem Globetrotters, Chris. I want you to have a massive flow. Touch okay, let's give it a get shot. Hold on. There. Feel that flow, Chris. I gotta say, it's a fantastic sensation to be wearing a suit and tie, be able to pee everywhere, and people aren't angry at you. And look at that, Jenna. Isn't she beautiful? She knows how to take a load of piss out of a human being like oh. nobody else. Bob Seska. If you vote for me, all of your wildest dreams will come true. The Bob Seska Show. God damn it! Hello, Bob. Hi. Hi, Rachel. You know, every time I play that sound, I go, uh, I wish she was actually <laughs> saying hi to me. But she was saying hi to Bob Costa, Robert Costa. I call him Muggsy. Okay. Hi. Hello. It is uh, Tuesday. It is uh, May 23, 2017. This is the Bob Seska Show presented by BubbleGenius.com. I am Bob, and we're brought to you by the best soap in the world. It's BubbleGenius.com. Also brought to you by the Bowen Law Group and attorney Charles J. Bowen. Get free legal advice at thebowenlawgroup.com slash Bob and Chaz, or just click the link to the podcast page. Okay, just go and do that. <sighs> Where are we? What are we doing today? Go do it. Go do it. <laughs> go do it. There he is. Hey, that's Drift Glass right there, and Blue Gal is also here both... From the uh, Professional Left Podcast. Welcome to the show today. Oh, thank you. We, we love being here, and I want to say hi to all your listeners and everyone who's come from your show to follow me on Twitter at, at Blue Gal. 
you have the nicest people listening to your show. Bob. We have the most tremendous <laughs> listeners there, the very, very finest listeners. Actually, you know, if I were to do that voice and say that, that means that they're not the finest listeners because but they really, that really, a lot of them have come forward and said, I heard you on Bob Seska and want to follow you on Twitter. And it's just like, family like they just are immediately i adopt them immediately <laughs> yeah and, and you know all a lot of the credit that i give for that kind of attitude coming into the show is actually from people who have been listening to stephanie miller for so many right, years right, and who right. are passionate about stephanie miller and then i go right. on stephanie miller's show and then they run over and, and see me but they're bringing along a lot of that passion so what uh, you're saying bob is this is trickle down yes That's what it you're is saying. it is trickle down <laughs> podcasting at its <laughs> at its very <laughs> Finest, you know. uh, Honey, it's raining. In this case, <laughs> in this case, it actually works in economics. It works. It does. Exactly. It doesn't exactly. work. Doesn't work. Actually, at all. without grassroots, uh-huh. there'd be no liberal movement at all. Exactly. That's exactly. absolutely true. So absolutely it's, true. It's not uh, anything. There's nothing wrong with what we're no, doing here. Good. This, this is, is fabulous. And and here we are. It's the Trump crisis day. What is it? One twenty four. Yeah. It's, uh, in fact, it's Megalomaniac Monday in the White House. Yay! <laughs> Megalomaniac right, Monday. Yes, so right. Yes, you believe that? And then uh, tomorrow, of course, would be Tyranny Tuesday, followed up by Whiny Wednesday, Thuggish Thursday, and, of course, Fascism Friday. That is your entire week. That is your fourth yeah, week. Is. I mean, week in the White House. <sighs> so... Where do we start? Drift glass, blue gal, where do we begin here today? I, I think I think we have to talk about just briefly, we have to talk about Manchester and and what happened there. They've they've got a suspect identified. And if this turns out to be ISIS, I mean, they went after teen girls mm-hmm. this time. Jesus God. Um, the last I heard, what was 20, 20 people killed, uh, uh, upwards of 40 or 50, I think, wounded. It was a suicide bomber. I was treated to, uh, I turned on MSNBC last night just in time to hear about how they're able to identify the means or how where the bomb was located right. by by looking at the bodies and finding a crater in the back of someone and determining mm-hmm. that that was the suicide bomber and that the the bomb was in a backpack on their back hence the crater and i yes. i was treated to that little bit of trivia right as i uh turned on the news last night and uh, god damn it what a horrible horrible thing Actually, and you know while my thoughts and prayers are with the victims even as much as that is the case, yeah. uh, the people that have to investigate that kind of thing yeah, and Jesus. are there, the first responders, wow. I don't know yeah. how they go through life the way they yep. do. Yeah, it's, and it's especially amazing. in this in this particular case, it'd be like this yeah. one and something like Sandy Hook where you're dealing with, basically right. you're dealing with children. I mean, how do you wrap your head around that? I, I guess they just don't. I, you know, just hearing yeah. hearing some of the yeah. reports coming out of Sandy Hook from from years and years ago, that was one of the things where there were law enforcement officials, first responders, and things like that, literally n- nauseous and sickened, and and having to go right. through therapy and counseling afterwards right. after seeing you know d- dead children, and in this case, right. uh, uh, dead teenage girls who were all mm-hmm. uh, attending that concert. In, in Manchester. And, and my understanding is it's really important that all of them be together and talk to each other and realize that their reaction is not unique and that, yeah. uh, you know, they have and, – and you are never – it's just like wartime. Yeah. With what You don't realize the friendships that are bound in war 
have seen the same thing. Mm-hmm. They yeah. they share something that no one else will share. So being close to your comrades who are helping in that situation yeah. is critical. Yeah. Well, and the the thing that Not I kept thinking about too is 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 it could have been even worse. It was done right yeah. at the end yeah. while people were filing out of the concert hall. And mm-hmm. it could it, it could have happened during the show. It could have been ha- it could have happened where there were more people gathered around, where the impact could have been greater. Sort of like I mean the bo- the thing I kept thinking about was the Boston Marathon. Uh, I mean you you go back to these all these touchstones, Sandy Hook, Boston Marathon, where Boston Marathon actually took place. That bombing took place right at the finish line, where the majority of people had gathered because that's you know during a marathon that's the place to. Uh, and the, where the bombers had the maximum impact of, of human casualties at that location. It's an act of desperation. Well, yeah. This is- yeah. I mean, and, and also, have they linked this to ISIS yet? Because I've been seeing reports on Twitter and so on that that it was that that, that this uh, this bomber was linked to ISIS somehow. Although I've also been seeing reports of sort of a lone wolf kind of attack. Anyone anyone could say they were linked to ISIS, though. Yeah. Right. I don't see how you give that any credibility unless someone from ISIS in Syria yeah. uh, denotes the details of what the bomb was and says, yes, we did this, and here's the yep. details of how we did it. And then there is an official word on that. But otherwise, any bomber could say they're from ISIS. So right. to and- me, that's less important than... They did this in a working class community uh, yep. to yep. children. Yep. And uh, as Driftglass said, it's it's a heinous act of desperation from somebody who doesn't belong in society. Yeah, so that's yeah. where it is. And honestly, that this is something that uh, I think Hal Sparks mentions from time to time. Oh, Hal is- Sparks! Hal Sparks! I got into a fight with Hal Sparks. <laughs> I just got into a okay. fight with Hal Sparks on Twitter the other day, which I'm going to be talking well, about later no. on, uh, on the after party later in the week. Well, you but... know, I'm I'm on your side, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know if you caught it. It was very brief, no. but it was certainly loud. So, but but go ahead. So, Hal Sparks uh, just, was saying just about... that just that for every every you know idiot who uh, who plows into a crowd, yeah. every every moron drunk driver, anybody, every everyone who's irresponsible, yeah, there are always ten people, twelve people who show up at the accident scene to help out. Right. Oh yeah, That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are the, those are the statistics that I find most hopeful in even the worst tragedy. It's that, oh no, this was the act of a desperate, aberrant, a lunatic. Yeah. And the number of people who run into burning buildings, the number right. of citizens who just queue up to help, the number of people who go and give blood. That's civilization. I mean, Mr. Rogers says it, actually. And I'm not saying that to make a joke. It's actually true. I I mean, one of the things that he talked about was look for the helpers. That's one of the... People are retweeting that today. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And that's that's one of the keys to to coping with something like this. It's it's very easy to think about the casualties and think about the death and destruction while uh, completely forgetting about the fact that there are people who are helping. There are rescuers. There are heroes in all of this that, uh, that always do emerge. And it's always nice to see that when we have very cynical... Uh, ideas about uh, humanity sometimes to yeah. see these instances where people step up and they become heroes and they do that instinctively that is something that uh, that we should absolutely applaud and that is something that that uh, that we don't end up seeing every day and it's it's sad sometimes that it requires a tragedy like that to, to get a full view of, of the kind of heroism that that, that humans are mm-hmm. actually capable of yeah in the yeah. face of yeah, this is you know again a desperate act of a of a cluster of sociopaths who exactly. don't belong anywhere on our planet but this these are the same these are the descendants of the people who lived through the blitz yep 
who, yeah. who would lose a house. I mean, my uh, my stepfather, uh, you know, lost two or three houses during the Blitz when he was a kid. He was one of the kids who were sent off to the Welsh countryside Jeez. because the cities weren't safe. But, you know, you, mom comes home and the house is gone. What do you do? Well, you just sort of cope and yep. you, you, you soldier on and you, you get through it and you bind together and you come together and you fight like hell and you win. Um, you know, the forces of, of anti-civilization cannot win yep. against people uh, of goodwill who come together, um, even if they fight on Twitter, and, uh, and stand together and push back. They just can't. They, yeah. they never have and they never will. Well, thank goodness we have a president who not only uh, is an expert on the Middle East, but he knows where the Middle East is on a map. He does. And he does. I'm just so relieved to know that we're in good hands, that at least the President of the United States, as well as the British government, are on top of things. Because, as we all know, the President is a super genius who's got the whole thing in control. And uh, he's ready to act. He's ready to act decisively. And, you know, of course, he knows where the attackers were from. Because, as I said, because he knows knows exactly where the the middle east is because wrong uh, i guess he doesn't well <laughs> i guess he doesn't I, which is the the most astonishing piece of news i mean the most astonishing piece of non-terrorism news uh from yesterday right. is that donald trump seemed to not know where the middle east was at least he seemed or to that not israel know israel is in the middle east exactly yeah, that, israel, that israel is in the middle east that's yeah. right yeah. and yeah. what i want to know is where he thinks he was like he thinks i know he knows he was in israel but where what part in terms of the compass <laughs> did he think he was in central best, east or best goddamn theme park in the world i'll tell you they got sword dances they got a big orb they got people in dresses who salute me and treat and call me awesome it's the best it's like it's like disney except better because it's about me yeah and i don't think he has any idea i mean but you know what this this uh, i'm gonna break a rule now and, okay. and remember the past yeah <laughs> uh, which you're not supposed to do uh, uh these days but yeah. i remember vividly 10 years ago 11 12 years ago when every republican i knew suddenly was an expert on the middle east yes mm-hmm. you know yeah. they, they just come out of the trailer going you know here's what we're gonna do we're going in there. We're going to decapitate them regimes. And here's what's going to happen. And they had yeah, the word plan laid out in their head. The word Salafi then, uh, just, yeah. just shoehorned in every sentence. Just, like, so, you know, look, I know the word Salafi. Dude, okay, you have not sure. been more than 10 miles away from a Walmart your entire damn life. And mm. suddenly you're giving me the nuanced relation between Sunni and Shia. Right. And how we're going to go through there. And it's going to be. And it's the same thing. They have no idea what they're doing or what they're talking about, but they know what their people want to hear. That's what I have to remind people who lose their mind when Donald Trump is saying something crazy. He's not mm-hmm. talking to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's and, talking mm-hmm. to the 30% who were there for Bush, who think Barack Obama still wasn't born here, and who are there for him you know, to the bitter end. That's the only people he's interested in. I just wish, I wish one of these days someone would shout out, Mr. President, do you know the difference between Sunni and Shia? And see what he has to say about that. That is one of the the, the many things that I would like to ask Donald Trump if I were to get <laughs> in the off chance that I would get a sit down with Trump. I say, so, uh, Mr. Trump, uh, what's the difference between Sunni and Shia? And, and well, Shia, I just, as you know... We have a beautiful Shia. We serve it great at Mar-a-Lago. We serve it on a bed of rice. It's beautiful. It's ex- exceptional. 
cake comes after uh, Shia, two scoops the, of your me, one minute. The, the very, very <laughs> finest form of Islam, Shia. She is great, fantastic, the very, very <laughs> most tremendous, the tastiest Islamic sect in the history of all Islamic sects is the Sunni sect. Oh. <laughs> you just I don't think, know what that I mean, know, I would just I'm love to hear that answer. Yeah. I'm allowed to say this because I'm a Brandeis graduate. <laughs> yeah. Donald Trump was all of a sudden in going from a place where people were in Arabic dress yep. and there were no women, mm-hmm. you know, allowed in any intellectual conversation, including right. speeches by his daughter. <laughs> including you know, that. No, right. Including you know, the concert. allowed to speak about women's entrepreneurship yeah. and no women were allowed to be in the room. So, except her. Um, <laughs> but tell me you were je- tell me you both sudden, weren't jealous about the all male concert in Saudi Arabia featuring oh, Donald Trump yeah. and Toby Keith. Toby That's Keith? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was yeah. like, damn yeah. it, why yeah. couldn't well, live? I'm not allowed to be there either. So, yeah, Live you know. Nation. Why do you jack up ticket prices so much? Why couldn't <laughs> I be at this <laughs> concert, which sounded so amazing? I, you know that. But I the- think he went from that environment to what looked like, and and you know he's jet lagged, and he will not not be jet lagged he right. tried to cut his trip from nine days to five because stamina i need stamina stamina you know, he doesn't have any stamina stamina uh you know it's terrible um, <laughs> right but, but he went, yeah but went he went there. from that to what appeared to him to be trump tower far east yeah. yeah you know which is a lot of people who look like they're from new york city uh <laughs> they're they're wearing american style suits Yep. The Israeli ambassador to the United States is American-born. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all speak English, perfect English. Yep. Um, many of them are from Manhattan or from New York City. A lot of them are. Yeah. And uh, he just walks in and says, well, I'm not in the Middle East anymore. His brain doesn't process <laughs> that he's not, that he's now in Manhattan Far East. That's where he is. Yeah, so, here's, here's, the actual, um, here's the actual clip of Trump good point, saying right? that he never got... <laughs> He just got back from the Middle East. And as you know, Rex, uh, Secretary of State, has uh, done an incredible job. We just got back from the Middle East. We just got back to Saudi Arabia. And uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we were treated incredibly well. Sleep tight. This guy's at the helm. He just, just got, got back, back from the Middle East. And boy, are my, my arms feels tired. <laughs> and did yeah, you see... And, and- there's the one. There's the one Israeli official on the right who yeah. just it is, the, did. it is the Israeli ambassador to the United States who was American born. That's who it was. That's who it was with the the, the face palm, the, the mother he did of all the face, face palm, palm that went, went right back over his hair. Yeah, <laughs> oh, just fine. Oh. Everyone knows, and I'm laughing to keep from yeah. crying because you know why? Yeah. This is so phenomenally embarrassing. This is so yeah. embarrassing because you know everyone's going. This guy's a nitwit. Everyone in Saudi Arabia, everyone in Israel, oh, everyone in the Middle. East, regardless of where Donald Trump thinks the Middle East is, they all think he is a moron. They were planning for him to come by. They were planning for him to come by and be stupid. So they were doing stupid things in preparation for Donald Trump, right. stupid things right. that he would like. And right. God, and that orb thing, going back to the that orb thing. All I could think about was what you know what I really loved was all over social media, people doing uh like Alex Ross comic like graphic mm-hmm. novel covers using right. that to make make them all look like super villains with I saw but one Israel with- Bob Israel's a special case yeah. because uh they're an ally first of all but you know their um political system is heavily dependent on American money yep and Shelley yep. Adelson pours money into Israeli politics oh yeah uh, and to that extent 
you can. I, I said to Drift Glass last night, are you willing to bet me a dime that Shelly Adelson has not been on the phone with Bibi Netanyahu in the past week saying, don't make my guy look like an idiot. Right. You right. have to cover for him. Uh-huh. And my money is riding on how well he comes off in your country. Yeah. This is That's how Shelly, Shelly Adelson, uh, more than a lot of them, expects a return on his investment, expects you to say, yes, sir, Mr. Adelson. That's right. And uh, he doesn't, he expects that he owns you. So uh, I I think there's a lot of pressure on Bibi Netanyahu and those who are to the right of Bibi Netanyahu. You have to understand the politics there is really, they're a parliamentary system and Netanyahu can be gone in three months. It's not like Trump where we have this years, we have to have a year of investigations and maybe an impeachment if Mitch McConnell decides to do it or we wait till 2018, no, they, the Kineska can just say, oh, we're tired of you. We're done. Yeah. And he loses his government. So yep. uh, he's got pressure. It's money. It's big money. It's the same kind of big money. It's television time. It's the same. It's, you know, it's a Western style political system from the standpoint of money. But in terms of getting him out of there, if they want to, not a long time to do it. Absolutely. So he's, he's under, he's under pressure to make Trump look good because Trump's, Number one guy who's gone behind Trump, Shelley Adelson, is also investing in Netanyahu and, and to the right of Netanyahu. Yeah, right. And since he has invested in Trump, he's telling Israel, don't make him look bad. Did so you see, speaking they, they of... Just rob him up. Yeah, yeah. and then, of course, that failed miserably because he looks yeah. terrible. I mean, he did something stupid again today. And it wasn't, it wasn't overtly stupid, but when you compare it to... Uh, previous versions of what I'm about to talk about. It looks really stupid. I'm talking about Trump's message uh, that he left at, at Yad Vashem, which is oh, the yeah. principal Holocaust uh, memorial and museum in Israel. And, and, and it wasn't a copy of the electoral map, right? <laughs> right. But I mean, <laughs> right. he left a note there. And God damn it. If you look back at Obama's note, for example, Trump's note looks terrible. So this is what Trump wrote. He wrote, it's a great honor to be here with all of my friends. So amazing. And we'll never forget exclamation mark. And then he signed his name. That was the extent of. (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, it's got to be less than 140 characters, right? (laughs) A a reporter for the Times of Israel mentioned on Twitter, he forgot to say, see you next summer. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, Barack Obama's note, on the other hand, was so much more uh, detailed and gracious and meaningful. I mean, remember, Donald Trump basically said, hey, I had a great time. This is the best restaurant I ever ate in Donald Trump. And then Barack Obama back in 2008, this is July of 2008, wrote, I am grateful to the Yad Vashem and all of those. I'm reading his handwriting here, so I might stumble on. I can't interpret some of this. uh, Those responsible for this remarkable institution. At a time of great peril and promise, war and strife, we are dedicated to have such a uh, something blessed to have such a, a. I mean, basically, he goes on and on and on. I can't read this handwriting, mm-hmm. but he goes on and on and on in a very um, specific way about the message and the meaning of this and and the visit and so on. And of course, it was something that was. That, that he kind of thought about, that he prepared yeah. for, that he wrote and down. probably had some input from staff that exactly. knew what they were talking and about the and State what was Department. expected of him. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, yeah. Donald Trump's message Career was people. just, I mean, yep. it's like he didn't know. There was no advance work. No one to say, here, Donald Trump, you're going to be asked to do this, Mr. Trump. You're going to be mm-hmm. asked to right, write right, in this book right. when you go to Yad Vashem. It's a very sacred place. It's a Holocaust museum. 
make sure to write something meaningful and we've got some uh we've got some language from the state department to put together and to insert in there and here you go and of course no no he can't do that he's got to write something stupid and childish and facile it's a great honor to be here with all of my friends so amazing no we'll never forget this place yeah i especially (laughs) like it's it's, it's totally a yelp review oh my god that's exactly right Yeah, I especially yeah, yeah. the snack bar was the greatest, most fantastic <laughs> snack bar. Oh. The, the chocolate yeah, cake at yeah. the snack bar at Yad Vashem, oh. the very finest chocolate cake of any Holocaust museum I've ever <laughs> been to. I've been to the finest Holocaust centers. <laughs> So can we talk for a minute about Melania Trump smacking Donald Trump's hand away twice? Yes, I, I, we can. I, I just want to mention one thing. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump, right. you must remember, has a vocabulary smaller than Washoe, the <laughs> chimpanzee who learns sign language. Oh, yeah. Uh, right. He basically is shrinking yeah. down to like 11 words. Yes, he is. Yep. And, and that's and, all he can do because his brain is not – is. As as Alec Baldwin says, he has a bad brain. Yeah, eleven of those eleven words, and then four of those words are just very. Yeah. He just considers very. if I repeat very, that counts as multiple words. Very adjective. Mm-hmm. Very, very adjective. <laughs> and then anyway, Melania. Yeah, and then Melania. Yeah, let's talk about Melania for a second. What do you think of that? I mean, we've got now two occasions in the last couple of days in which we have video of Donald Trump trying to hold Melania's hand in Mm -hmm. some sort of procession. And this, Mm -hmm. the most recent case being they were getting onto Air Force One and she swats his little tiny baby hand away. Yep. And and, And and, I can speak to this from personal experience because. My, not, I, not from a, D- Donald Trump trying to hold your hand for Not from drift class at all. <laughs> okay. No, not yeah. from drift class at all. From a previous relationship, and that's all I'll say. Yeah, and his name but, was uh, Donald Trump, right? Being being with being with a person who is uh, perhaps OCD, perhaps controlling, yeah. perhaps uh, uh, disrespectful of you as a person, sees you as property, sees yeah. you as a serf, um, sees you as the mother of his child and nothing else. Yep. Uh, and and you will do what he says because he owns you, and uh, you wind up being in an airplane with him for an hour to twelve hours, and he's barking and telling you uh, you don't look right or you whatever it is, yeah. whatever he says uh, doubles your blood pressure because he is not treating you like a human being. Yep. And then you exit the plane, and you're supposed to behave. And, and this is clearly, in the case of Donald Trump and in the case of a lot of people who behave this way, mm-hmm. the result of being abused, as a, abused or neglected as a kid. Yeah. Uh, that you will show the world that everything's okay at all times. Yeah. And that, that that's just the rule. And if you break that rule, uh, you're in big trouble. Yeah. Don't show a, a private face. I'm allowed to treat you like crap. In the plane, but yeah. outside the plane, you'll hold my hand and smile. Exactly, and uh, it's the worst kind of gaslighting. It's the it's it makes you feel terrible, and so for her to uh, just and and I know that the I don't you know I know and you we all know that the cameras are on every single breath that they take when they're coming off that plane, mm-hmm, right? Uh, she she's trying to be as subtle as she can, but she's saying to him, "No, we're not going to hold hands. We're not. You know, you have right. just done it to me." Well, you know, and, there is there is that rumor floating around, though, Fran, that uh, 
that she wanted to divorce him after right the, after uh, the after election. The, I at, heard well, that. right after yeah. Pussygate, and and if he had mm-hmm. lost the election, that she was going to divorce him right after the election. Uh-huh. But he ended up mm-hmm. winning, so now right. she's she's stuck, and that's why we get right. photos like As we, we we've all seen. Are. Yeah, we're all we're all right. stuck with right. this. Yeah, yeah. And I don't have you know my sympathy for her is uh, limited by the fact that she does she continues to stay with him. You know, <laughs> years right. ago. You mm-hmm. know that this is this is a longer marriage than it needed to be. Yep. Um, but I do believe that she loves her son. I really do. Uh, yeah. You know she has she has kept him protected. And, yeah, but she uh, has to protect him from that monster. I mean, and, and fortunately, he doesn't seem yeah. to give a flying rip about his son. I mean, he does. I no, mean, he, yeah. obviously, not traveling back and forth to New York a whole lot to see. Well, when to you see when you spend when you spend Mother's Day on the golf course, <laughs> that's yeah. right. What they, kind they of dad spends Mother's Day at the golf course? They don't make a card for that. No, nope, yeah. they sure uh, don't. <laughs> they make a checkbook for that. But you they know, do they don't have make a, card a checkbook for that. For that. <laughs> but I mean, his brand is that he's the very, very greatest at everything, and and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that is so treacherous, knowing that he's not that he's the very, very worst at everything, including at, everything. at being married, uh, including at raising a son, etc. Mm-hmm. I mean, his kids were probably all raised by nannies and and proctors and things like that. Certainly yeah. not by yeah. Donald Trump himself. Thank goodness, otherwise. Th- their behavior would be far worse than killing exotic animals, and I didn't know it could right. get worse than that. And certainly, it's possible knowing if, if Donald Trump had had helped raise all of those people. But uh, but so it's 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 always entertaining to me to see that facade come down. And in this trip, in this Middle East trip, it has come down so many times, so absolutely so many times. And 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 one of those times was we, we heard a report uh, that Donald Trump was exhausted. After just 24 hours, and that he failed to mention radical Islamic terrorism Mm -hmm. in his speech in Saudi Arabia because he was so exhausted. So tired. That that was their excuse. Yeah. That was their excuse. That was, and that was their excuse. The magic words that make ISIS go away are not spoken by this president. (laughs) Exactly. Yep. I mean, the other thing is, is that he's just, he was so all about stamina. Remember, it's just stamina. stamina. Hillary Clinton doesn't have the stamina. And he would pronounce like every syllable of the word stamina. stamina. Well, it was the longest word he said in the debate. So he wanted to say it 30 times. <laughs> three, yeah, yeah, three syllables. Yeah. It's stamina. Three whole syllables, yeah. Donald Trump is at that overlap point between a wildly dysfunctional family and a con man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the two, the two have one thing in common, and that's you, at, at, however hollow and corrupt and rotten yeah. everything else is, you maintain the facade at all costs. Oh, yeah. And what, yeah. Mm-hmm. And what, and what we are learning is that the facade necessary to fool 30% of this country is really tiny. (laughs) All you have to do is just pretend it never happened, which is, again, a a straight-up con man and a straight-up dysfunctional family trick. Yeah, it's about as as phony baloney as his hair. All you need to do is look at his hair and his clown makeup, and that's kind of an indication in terms of the depth of the facade, because we all can plainly see it. So it's basically transparent. The facade is almost invisible. (laughs) Almost invisible for that guy. That's the button. I uh, was right there. (laughs) Okay, yeah, we're talking about Blue Apron today. I don't know what you guys are having for dinner tonight, but I'm having Blue Apron. Because I love Blue Apron, and I love I love the fact that uh, all of the ingredients come to me uh, fresh, right to my doorstep, and I don't got to think about what I'm going to have for dinner that night. It's already right there. 
and the preparation of all of it is is possibly the easiest uh, and most uh, well easily interpreted uh, uh, recipes that I've ever seen because it's just like, like I, I'm a big idiot when it comes to the kitchen, so it takes uh, takes some really detailed recipes for me to get it right. And Blue Apron's recipes are spot on, easy to prepare. When I sit down for dinner, I want food that's healthy, fresh, and simple to cook. But who can afford to eat at a restaurant every night? I can't. Or shop at high-priced stores to get fresh natural ingredients. I've shopped in those places and wound up wasting so much good food, so much good money. And that's why I like Blue Apron, America's number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service. Blue Apron sends exactly what I need in exactly the right amounts and an easy recipe right to my door. Blue Apron has partnered with over 150 local farms, fisheries, and ranches across the U.S. Their seafood is sustainably sourced, the beef, chicken, and pork are raised responsibly, and the produce comes from regenerative farms. Okay, here's the menu. Get ready. Here, here we go. This is what's on the menu right now at BlueApron.com. The beef teriyaki. strapped in. Give it to me strapped back. In. This is amazing stuff, Drift Glass. The beef teriyaki stir-fry with sugar snap peas and lime rice, or you can have the baked spinach and egg flatbread with sautéed asparagus and lemon. A three-cheese baby broccoli stromboli. I'm all in on this one. Three-cheese <laughs> yeah. baby broccoli stromboli with tomato and oregano dipping sauce, or the crispy salmon and roasted potato salad with pickled mustard seed and creme fraiche sauce. I'm all over that one, too. Just try to get those meals at a restaurant or especially grocer for under 10 bucks a person. Blue Apron has something for everyone because you can customize your preferences and the new recipes just keep coming so you never, ever get bored. Plus, there's no weekly commitment, so stop and start as you please. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free. They'll even pay for shipping because you listen to this show. Go to blueapron.com slash B-O-B-C. It feels good to make incredible, affordable meals at home when the food and recipes come from Blue Apron. That's blueapron.com slash B-O-B-C. Write it down. Remember it. Memorize it. Go do it right now. Blue Apron, it's a better way to cook. The Bob Seska Show. The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Welcome back to the show today. The Professional Left Podcast is here today. And uh, we're talking about uh, Donald Trump's Middle East trip and uh, how much of a phenomenal disaster. Yeah, yeah, just stuff. Just stuff. Just everyday stuff. Ordinary, normal stuff. We are actually actually broadcasting today from a new foundation for American greatness, which is the name of the Trump budget. Yeah. Oh, my God. Are you serious? The name of the Trump budget released today by Mulvaney is... He has a little book. It's a little blue book called <laughs> A New Foundation for American Greatness. Oh, my God. Because my struggle was taken. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and of and, course, uh, happy. The, the budget is apparently, according to Ross Story, is based on a $2 trillion math error. Oh, no. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> the quantitative easing on this is remarkable, however. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. it's the best. It's the very best quantitative easing. It's you've the ever very, seen very best. The life. most tremendous quantitative easing tremendous I've ever heard. Quantitative easing you've ever. It's seen. so tremendous. It's hard for me to pronounce it. Quantitative <laughs> easing. <laughs> Quali- <laughs> it's quantitative easing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Mr. Well, Trump. He he can't he can't pronounce Mnuchin either. So he's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The Munchkin, the Munchkin budget is the, the greatest. Munchkin budget is the best. Anyone. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, God. Speaking of Mnuchin, I was watching. I finally got to see Sully the other day. 
uh-huh. uh, on demand, and uh, and and I really enjoyed it. I, I love Sully. I thought it was a great movie. You know, as far as Clint Eastwood movies go, I think it was one of my favorites. And and then I'm watching the credits, and up comes executive producer Steve Mnuchin, and I go, Steve Mnuchin, God oh, damn it, f this movie. You made yep. it dirty. Now you made it dirty. Yep. Yep. God damn it. Right. Yeah. That was yep. my response. This is like I'm yeah, watching the credits and I go, oh, Steve Mnuchin. God damn it. <sighs> he made money off of that. To pay he for made his third house. Yeah. And then it also kills yeah. me that Bannon is is linked to Seinfeld. And that, God damn it. I know. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things. I know. So, yeah. so you know, in this- it's the Hollywood elite. It's the Hollywood elite, guys. You know, they're out there. God damn Hollywood elite. God damn it. God damn it. And uh, so Trump is cutting, in this budget, Fran, Trump is cutting $1.7 trillion from Medicaid. Uh, There are plans to cut Social Security disability payments, which obviously violates one of Trump's uh, major promises during the campaign, which is to not cut Social Security. In fact, he made a big deal of it during the primaries. It's like, I was the only one to say that I am not going to cut Social Security, and Mike Huckabee's copying me. That's why... (laughs) He's just like yeah. he's so pissed that Mike Huckabee was copying him on his pledge not to cut yeah. Social Security. And but now his daughter is kind of cute, you know. I kind of like his daughter. Going <laughs> <laughs> to be hiring her later. Sarah Huckabee Sanders Hoyer Clinton yeah. Paul yeah. McConnell. Clampet. I'm just ad- I'm just adding extra political names onto the end of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. it's it's the budget is is. I mean, to be fair, the budget for. Uh, Puppy kicking and baby punching has been doubled <laughs> since last year. That's so, right. So, you know, there is well, that. We yeah, had the there, very there's finest. two things to say about the budget. Number one yeah. is that the Trumpers better be ready for grandma to move back in yep. to their home. And they better quit their three jobs and be ready to wipe her butt because there's no immigrants to do it anymore. Right. And there's no funding for it because Medicaid goes to nursing homes. It doesn't just go to poor black people. Yep. Grandma is in a nursing home because of Medicaid. Oh, yes. And period. Yep. Uh, and 65% of, me- of nursing home patients, all of their money comes from Medicaid. Absolutely. So this is something that is... Hope you bought the double wide because Hope you bought grandma's, the double coming wide. grandma's coming home. <laughs> yeah, and second, you know what? The second thing is, the second thing is, is this is really important. Uh-huh. The Republican Congress can give Trump half the cuts that he wants, and it will still be devastating for people. Yep. Oh, yeah. And it, they can say, we compromised. Yeah. And they're still really hurting this country. Oh, God, so, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and and uh, and how many Trump supporters are actually people who are on disability payments from absolutely. Social Security? I mean, that's well, what I keep thinking know, about. We like, know that from the Tea Party. They were all veterans? on disability scooters. Yep. yep. Oh, well, this is going to hurt veterans unbelievably hard. Bigly. Yep. Yep. And, yep. Right. And uh, what I what I can't get beyond is how we're both we're all all three of us are going to spread out back into the Internet after we're done yep. here. We're going to yep. hit social media. We're going to go around to the different blogs and, and the different uh, news sites and things like that. And we're going to see comments all over the place uh, from Trumpers saying that whatever we're saying about Social Security disability and Medicaid, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all things that will definitely impact Trump voters, too. That's going to be regarded as fake news. We're just, that's fake what news. we're going to hear. It's going to, oh, that's fake news. You know, what are you talking about? It's fake news. Now, Donald Trump would never do that. Well, yes, look at the documents. I mean, they, uh, I have had experiences where I've engaged with Trump trolls who thought the Senate Intelligence Committee was fake news, that Senate.gov yep. yep. was fake news. Do you know who doesn't think it's fake news? 
Republican city council members, the few that are there, yeah. Yeah. don't <laughs> think it's fake news that right. they're going to lose their block grants. They don't right. think that. Nope. All the and hospitals so, in this right. country that are funded by the Affordable Care Act. Oh yes, and, and all of the all of the uh, little ladies who vote Republican because abortion, you know, but their daughter works at a clinic someplace, you yep. know, and answers the phone at a clinic, and got her job since Obamacare went into place. We have just in Springfield, and Springfield is a city. We're in Springfield, Illinois, city of what one hundred and ten thousand drift class. I think that's about 10, right. Fifteen thousand, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have three or four new clinics, new healthcare clinics here in Springfield. Just because of Obamacare, they're wow totally funded because yep. of the expansion of Medicaid. That's incredible, and they're gonna we're gonna lose. Illinois is gonna lose about fifty five thousand jobs if Obamacare is repealed. Yep, fifty five thousand jobs in not in all in Chicago, not all among you know those people. These are middle class, uh, and I I say this this is a term of art in our house, clean jobs. Jobs where a lady can go and sit and answer a phone in nice clothes. Uh, used to be banking jobs. There aren't as many banking jobs anymore as there used to be. But those kind of jobs where it's safe for your daughter to work there, right? Yeah. Uh, she doesn't have to work in a gas station. She doesn't. All she's got is a high school diploma. She can answer the phone and schedule appointments at a doctor's office. Mm -hmm. And those 55,000 jobs are the kind of jobs that – uh, Trump truck drivers like their daughters to have. Yep. <laughs> Brings home money, and uh, they're going to lose them. They're going to lose those jobs. In yep. Illinois, are you witnessing the same thing they're witnessing in places like Louisiana, where there's a lot of people coming over the border from, uh, from in your case, Indiana, coming over to Illinois and say, okay, uh, you've got much better health services over here, so we're going to uh, participate in that. And uh, just like they're doing in, in uh, like people from, especially women from Texas, are going over to Louisiana to get abortions and go to Planned Parenthood and things like that. Um, I imagine that's happening a lot between Indiana and Illinois. Um, uh, I, I'm not real sure about that. I, Drift Glass may know more about that. Well, because our, we, we have a special exception, which is our, our state budget is a basket case. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, that's right. You know, we, we have a Republican we have, governor. We have a Republican so governor who decided that he would not pass a budget unless we bust unions. You've got, all these, uh, you've yeah, got all these right. health clinics you were just mentioning that are, uh -huh. th that are opening right, up because right, of Obamacare. Right. Meanwhile, Mike Pence, uh, when he was governor of Indiana, shut down all he kinds did. of Planned Parenthoods, uh, which actually exacerbated the— he expanded the, Medicaid. He expanded yeah. Medicaid in Indiana. That, the, oh, yeah, that's right. That's he actually irony. did. That's the yep. irony. So that's why we, they aren't coming over for – they might be coming over for abortions. I don't know about that. Yeah. But they're not coming over for medical care because Mike Pence did expand Medicaid. Interesting. So uh, – yeah. yeah, but I mean, it doesn't a whole lot of good it does when you're shutting down all these clinics. I mean, there are some counties right. in Indianapolis where there are no – no clinics providers. whatsoever, no right. health care providers right. whatsoever. And that's right. because right. Planned Parenthood, which isn't just, I mean, the, the, the stereotype yeah. is that it's all about abortion, but it's not. Yeah. So, yeah. But 97% right. is non-abortion services. People can't use those services anymore. So it's exacerbating right. the heroin crisis there. It's exacerbating the AIDS crisis in Indiana. Right. So right. And, and I guess the, the reason for my question is to find out if the, the people are just like, flowing across the border to get real healthcare services over in Illinois. And if that is going to be like a larger problem as we go get closer and closer to the possibility of the Republicans doing something to overturn large chunks of the Affordable Care Act, are we going to see migrations in the name of 
keeping oh, health care. Yeah, I think you'll see I think you'll see a lot of people moving to California, moving west to the west coast for health care. A lot of people with pre existing conditions trying to move. Yeah. To get, yeah. I think it's uh, it's healthcare. almost mandatory yeah. because yeah. I mean they're they're just being yeah. forced and I, I don't know why. I can't get I can't get my head around the idea that Trump voters who are on Obamacare are okay with Obamacare being repealed. I just can't that's just something well, that's I don't hard think for me they to are. I don't think they are. I don't think they are okay with it. I, yeah, I, I, re- I don't think they are okay with it. I think the polling shows they're not okay with it. Be- I mean, because but, if, I mean, uh, as I, as I've been saying all along, it's like if that uh, American Health Care Act gets actually passed, and there's there's something similar to it that gets passed in the Senate, and then it uh, is reconciled mm-hmm. and so on, and, and signed into law at some point, the the states that are going to opt out of it first, they're going to opt out of pre existing conditions and, and essential health benefits, are the states that are filled with Trump voters. Basically, well, the red this states is why I think first. this is a big boost for Barack Obama's efforts to flip state houses, because what's going to happen is yeah. the state houses are then going to be under tremendous pressure yeah. to not uh, give up pre-existing conditions. Yeah. And those local elections and those state elections are going to become really phenomenally important and people are going to be paying attention to that well, well the most i mean the most i endemic. hope so I, you know i hope you're right i hope you're right friend mm-hmm. because those are the to me all of the action right now is at the, the state level because we're right. so dangerously close to to with mm-hmm. the republicans having control over enough states to start passing right. constitutional amendments right. yeah right and and that's danger zone we're really really damn close to the danger zone now well right. the the most endemic pre-existing condition among conservatives is yep. the inability to admit that they made a mistake. They, they, I mean, I'm serious. <laughs> yeah, they sure. would ra- yeah. This is right. This is what happens when you have a political memory that goes back past last week. You can go way back. You can go back 10, 20, 30, 40 years and see that the absolute through line for being a conservative is never, ever, ever admitting that you got it wrong. Ever. Mm-hmm. You, you you can duck out and pretend that you've never heard of George Bush and call yourself a tea partier. You can pretend that conservatism wasn't conservative enough. You can you can lie you can tell a million lies and your your information pool gets smaller and smaller. It becomes Sean Hannity because yeah. you will pay people to lie to you. If this is if the, the essential transaction I've said before is basically that of a whorehouse. I will give you money, and you will tell me <laughs> that I have a big, you know, I have big junk, and I'm masculine, and I have lots of stamina, and yeah, stamina. You know, I'm, I'm a stud. And that's really what they paid Fox News to do, is to tell them the lies they want to hear. And they would rather perish, take down the whole country, uh, and you and me with it, than ever admit they made a mistake. Because the minute, this is, what, this is why so many fundamentalists, evangelical fundamentalists, are also Republicans. Mm-hmm. They need mm-hmm. absolute certainty about their life decisions. Yep. And once you start saying, well, yeah, but you know the part where Mary goes to the tomb mm-hmm. and she turns around twice? That doesn't make any sense. Well, Maybe God, it's a misprint. Maybe it's a typo. No, no, no. It can't be wrong. It has to be all absolutely correct. And that is what makes them crazy because they there's no way, there's no, there's no negative feedback system in their political mind yep. that lets them admit, you know what, maybe I screwed up. Maybe yep. I made a mistake. And I'd rather die then admit I was wrong. Yeah, this I mean, we live in an era now where belief has the same yeah. level yeah. of yep. uh, of authenticity yeah. as fact, which is, is just yeah. insane. I mean, all we have to do is look at the Hobby Lobby decision to find that out yeah. because I mean, we have a Hobby Lobby decision where we were told that, well, you know what, even though we have medical experts, including the American Medical Association, saying that the, the birth control that's covered in Obamacare 
they're not abortifacients. They don't, right. it's not morning after abortion. It's actually morning after uh, uh, a preventing, uh, preventing right. fertilization. It's not, yes. it's not, right. it's preventing right. the sperm from going into the egg, which is not an abortion. That's what the AMA says. And yet, because Hobby Lobby believes that it is abortion, then therefore they have a right to discriminate about what kind of healthcare they provide and what kind of birth control. Yeah. And so this is just flagrantly insane to, to, to say that in the face of medical information completely to the contrary factual things from reputable organizations like the ama for god's sake right so that, yeah so it's a matter of belief and not fact and it's just it's just mad side of and that's that, the bob, supreme court for god's sake is what I'm saying. yeah well the flip side of that bob is a total distrust of human expertise Mm-hmm. So you vote for Donald Trump because yeah. he's not a politician yeah. and you don't trust the experts and you don't trust anyone who is educated because mm-hmm. that they're just being, you know, elites. Right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and you bet I, I, I always say to those folks, you know, I hope the next person who drills your teeth is not a dentist <laughs> because, right. uh, you know, the, the amazing thing to me is watching these folks and you realize Muslim this, Muslim that, Barack Obama's a Muslim. Yeah. If your grandchild needs brain surgery and the best person at Johns Hopkins is named Salam Hussein, <laughs> you're going to want him to operate yep. on your kid. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but, you know, uh, even if he's Iranian, you're going to want him to operate on your kid. He's the best. So <laughs> right. uh, that's, that's uh, the, but that lack of, trust and expertise i do think like drift class said i think that comes from weak-mindedness and needing certainty yeah and needing it to always be correct uh, yeah can't be a, wrong so, so, so many that. so many layers well, to that yeah definitely yeah. Uh, well the we, flip side of that is 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 very is where i'm kind of pedantic about this which is it is an is a waste of time and energy to try to throw to try to hit keep pounding on the conservative wall yeah. It'll never mm-hmm. breach. Uh, mm-hmm. It has to collapse. Mm-hmm. It can't, you'll never punch your way through it. The yeah. weak point in the entire system is the center. The people who can sin- continue to straddle the middle of beltway media that continues to greet every Republican atrocity with, well, you know, both sides. It's oh, really yeah. Both sides. Mm-hmm. It's always both sides. Yeah, right. yeah. That's the weak yeah. point. And if, if, if liberals want to do something permanent and cool and, and uh, that will actually affect how we our political conversations are held because that's really what we're talking about yeah you have to take out the weak center because if it's no longer admissible among the beltway polite society to make that stupid argument then you have to start talking about who's right and who's wrong mm-hmm. and once you force the conversation into who's right who is wrong about bush and who was right who was wrong about iraq and who was right yeah. who's wrong about deficits and who's right once you force people in the media to do the thing they don't want to do which is talk about who is factually correct and who's not. That will change the way we have our political conversations in this country. I'm convinced of it. Hell yeah, yeah. And in fact, you know what? I want to talk about. Uh, I want to talk about a false equivalence, a both sides thing going on on the left right now. Because, yeah. and this is specifically with regard to what John Oliver is calling stupid Watergate, which is Trump yeah. Russia, and and the latest yeah. trend, which is for uh, places like the New Republic and Vox and The Intercept to scold anyone on the left who is yeah. speculating about what might be behind all of the, the Trump Russia news that we've been hearing. So we're going to get into that right after one last break. Back with more show after this. 
Hi. Hey, how you doing? Hey, let me ask you a question. You gotten anything for your dad for Father's Day yet? Oh, balls. Yeah, I totally forgot, too. No, I mean I got him Oh Balls soap. Bubble Genius makes soap that look like golf balls and smell like fresh-cut grass in metal buckets. Get out of town. He's crazy for the golf. Don't forget your dad this Father's Day. Bubble Genius has balls and more for the first man in your life. BubbleGenius.com Bob Seska! This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com Welcome back to the show. Thank you for joining us today, and thank you for supporting the show at patreon.com slash Bob and Chez. All right, we're talking uh, with uh, professional at podcast, Drift Glass, Blue Gal, and uh, Stupid Watergate. I love this. This is a John, John Oliver Sunday night. Refer to this. I, I, it's one of those things where I wish I had come up with that. I wish I had thought of that. Stupid Watergate. It is... A Watergate caliber scandal, far in fact, as far as I'm concerned, far beyond the scope of oh, yeah. Watergate, and it is carried out by the stupidest people in politics. <laughs> Hence, stupid Watergate. Um, few things to cover on this before we wrap up the show today. First of all, uh, Brennan was at uh, was testifying today about uh, about Russia and Trump, and uh, God, so many little bits and pieces uh, from John Brennan's testimony. Uh, yeah. about about all of this, and ju- the the funnest thing about watching some of the clips of uh, of Brennan's testimony was uh, seeing just the blood drain out of uh, Trey Gowdy's Trey face. Gowdy's yeah. face, absolutely. Trey Gowdy. <laughs> the look on great... his face, oh my god, yeah, He's a hell of a pinata that Trey Gowdy. <laughs> yeah. 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 So the the former CEO Brennan said uh, that Trump violated protocol by sharing classified intelligence with Russia. That was one of the first things. So basically, Brennan saying that Trump should never have told Kislyak and Lavrov about uh, about this uh, intelligence, this code word level intelligence in the Oval Office the day after he fired James Comey. This is the God, just so dumb. And I know, uh, God, I know what makes him tick. I know the fact that. Donald Trump likes people to think that he knows more things than he actually does. So consequently, he blabs about stuff that he shouldn't be blabbing about. But this is where I think he was extra comfortable with these two guys. I think he was. Uh, I think he was relieved that Comey was out of the way. I think he wanted to brag to Kislyak. I think he wanted to brag to Lavrov and let them know that he's got everything under control. And and yet he. <laughs> goes and derps his way into sharing intelligence with the Russians. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Code, I mean, again, code word level intelligence. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, Brennan called for uh, resisting Russian interference. I mean, this is like basically the four alarm fire. This is the warning that we've got to stop this from happening, which, of course, is something that uh, that we've all been saying. I mean, how are we going to trust the veracity of our next election? How are we going to trust the the integrity? It's bigger than any one election. Yeah, exactly, is, yeah. exactly, and it's about to me. It's it's not so much about relitigating the 2016 election. It's now about what are the midterms going to look like? What kind yeah. of shenanigans are the Russians going to be up to in the midterms? And what about 2020? What about 2024? 
2022. I mean, there's just, I mean, every election we have to question whether or not Russia is doing something to interfere with that. And, and unless we stop them now, it's, we're never going to have any faith in the integrity of, uh, of our voting process, even though it is getting to the point where there are a lot of people, Russia or not, who don't have any faith in the integrity of our voting process. I feel this very personally yeah. because I feel that Russia targeted women. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the disinformation campaign was aimed at Facebook. Uh, it was things. And I noticed some stories right before the election about, you know, the Clinton Foundation paid for uh, Clinton's daughter's wedding. Yeah. That wedding was paid for out of the Clinton Foundation. And there's all this. St- and I'm thinking, well, that's false. And you can prove it because there's tax returns that have been released of the Clinton Foundation, not just Hillary Clinton's taxes, but the Clinton Foundation taxes are public. Why would anyone believe that? But people did, and women did, and the, and you had a picture of the wedding, and that proves that Proved you know it. Chelsea's Proved wedding it. was paid for. No, your right? puppet. Out of, your puppet. Right, puppet, puppet, puppet. <laughs> no but puppet. No puppet. No puppet. No it puppet. is going. It is going to be up to people <laughs> in charge of the technology. Yeah. To control the message, and and the guy from Twitter who said. If we were responsible in any way for the election of Donald Trump, we regret it. Yeah. Well, you ought to know (laughs) that you were responsible. Uh, But, you know, even that was better than what Joe Scarborough is doing now, you know, of I'm not responsible for any of this. And this is, you know, he's now able to criticize from way up high. This is what Drift Class is talking about. I'm in the center over here being a reasonable Republican and having Hugh Hewitt on my show and uh, and and forgetting the past, that he, how many times did he have Trump phone in from the toilet to talk uh, yeah. on his show yep, and party yep. on his show last year? Yeah, I mean, it's just this how is many one of the empty most, Trump podiums. One of the most frustrating frustrating aspects about all of this is now that they're suddenly now seeing the light. I mean, we've been there's yeah. been evidence and there's been screaming about this for almost a year now, and suddenly right. now they're starting to well maybe. And there was even a competition between a couple of uh, Republican members of Congress in terms of which one mentioned impeachment first. Like one guy mm-hmm. brought up, uh, I think it was uh, yeah. Just, Justin Amash, was it? Justin Amash, yep. who brought up yep. impeachment, and then there was another guy, another member of Congress from Florida, said, "Well, no, 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 wait a minute! I said impeachment before Amash said impeachment." Ha mm-hmm. ha! And it's like, oh, okay, so now this is. Uh, in fact, John Oliver was saying, in fact, this is the canary in the coal mine when Republicans are starting to talk about impeachment and not just talking about it, but saying it in a way that. It's competitive, where they want to be the first on board to say, yes, yes, I said impeachment first. And so that tells me that they have seen something and they have heard something that indicates that this is going in that direction, though I still stand by my assessment that no Republican Congress is ever going to impeach Donald Trump. It's going to take post-20, early 2019, somewhere around there, that's when it's going to start, if it's going to start at all. If Trump actually makes it to that point, what do you think? Is Trump going to last to Christmas or is he going to resign? What do you both think? Uh, Jeff Glass, you want to go first or do you want me to go first? <laughs> that was that was totally a Chris Matthews, by the way. I just totally pulled a Chris Matthews. By the way, just complete it's, left hand turn. Like well, I'm ta- talking pro- about Justin Amash. Well, we're professionals. What do you think? We're professionals, yeah. Bob, because we're, we're ready with an Bob, answer. So. We are. We are ready with an answer. Let me tell you, Bob. I reject the okay. premise of the question. Every uh, I reject the premise <laughs> of the question. The 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 question is not. How long will he last? The question is all about the tax returns. Mm-hmm. If the tax returns 
can be successfully subpoenaed, he's gone. But I don't That's, know that there's going to be a whole lot of evidence in those times. So certainly by the fact that he doesn't re- matter. With, doesn't he, matter. I, he doesn't want them released. Well, because he's he withholding doesn't want them. them released. Sure, sure. And, and I think at some point, someone probably uh, Robert Mueller is going to subpoena yes, Donald Trump's yep. tax returns or the grand jury is going to subpoena the tax returns. Yeah. And but, he can, they can subpoena them from the IRS. They don't have to go through the White House to get them. Sure, so. exactly. And the, But the problem is, though, the, the tax returns aren't going to show money laundering. They're not going to show a significant loans or, or kickbacks from the you're, Russians. You're, and so you're on. expecting to get proof of wrongdoing on specific issues that you want to hear about. That's not what's going to happen, in my personal opinion. Is it, this what's is going to happen. This now, is right? about back. This is about backing Donald Trump against the wall and getting him on tax returns. This is this is mob behavior. You don't get him on murdering people. You get are you going to get him on Russian money laundering? Yeah. You get him on tax evasion. You get him on cheating on his taxes and or on just how little he's paid in taxes over the past 20 years. Yeah. yeah. And there's I mean, things in those returns that he just does not want to have made public and he will quit before those things are revealed. Yeah. And I mean, do, do you think I mean is it is it merely that he's disguising tax evasion because it seems to me as if the IRS would pick up on that unless he's just got such a such a well, team, no, such a, a it team may be of tax, legal tax evasion there's a lot of legal tax evasion out there that goes on sure, sure. and it's just politically incorrect for his followers to see that he's paid zero in taxes for 25 years yeah and he did it by failing as a businessman you know, that's how he did it. He made so many losses over the course of his casino life that uh, there's 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 just enough in there and they can comb through it and they can find stuff that's embarrassing. And every day it will yeah. be a new story. About right. Donald Trump is a fraud. <laughs> Donald Trump <laughs> cheated. I Donald Trump's wait. incompetent. Donald Trump business went belly up. I love Donald it. Trump's yeah. kids, you know, or yeah. he's not as nearly as rich as he said he was. Right. Um, well, this, even that, about, even that would be. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's just yeah. his net worth is nowhere near what he says it this is, is. This is brand he protection. Want anyone, this is brand protection, exactly. Yeah, I mean, exactly. that's, just, that's precisely it. And I always go back to the Trump Stakes ad that he does. That's one of my favorite Trump things ever to illustrate yeah. how his brain works. The Trump Stakes. Trump Stakes are the very finest stakes. And I can say that in every sense of the word. And that's what he says. That's what he says about everything. And we know that any steak that you buy at the sharper image is going to be a hunk of shit. Ugh. And and yep. and here's the thing, it doesn't matter because it's with Trump. It's all about the hype. It's all about the marketing. Where he can he can take something like Trump steaks and sell it, and people will go out and and go to Sharper Image. I got to go to Sharper Image to buy steaks for dinner tonight at Sharper Image. You know, yeah. it's, it's like it's like buying produce at Sam Goody. I don't understand how the, <laughs> how that functions. Um, but but it doesn't matter because his people buy it. People who watch his television shows and people who follow his career, they buy that. And again, it goes back to the the facade of knowing what he's doing, even though it is a wafer thin facade, and he no, really I, doesn't I know any of this. My prediction is once he lo- loses his marginal utility to Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell, 
for whatever reason, he either mm-hmm. becomes too unhinged or the yeah. Russia thing becomes too big to it blots out everything else. Yeah. Or, or, or once he, cause all he is, is a, at this point, a delivery system for the worst the ideas in Republican <laughs> yeah. history. Yes. All, he's literally a signature yeah. on a piece of paper. That's his only purpose. And he can walk around naked in the, on the Rose garden, um, again, kicking puppies and punching babies and they will excuse anything. Once he loses his ability or his, his, his capacity to uh, deliver a signature on the bottom line of their crappy, awful, hateful, destructive program, they will bail on him. Yeah. And they, then they will find a way to get rid of him, whether that's um, get him to resign, whether that's 25th Amendment, whether that's uh, having people uh, that he trusts speak to him in, in very low voice going, uh, you are about to go up in flames. Yeah, I mean, and... this is what I don't understand. I mean, at, at what point do they figure the damage to us politically, and I'm talking about, say, for example, the congressional Republicans, and specifically the House Republicans, who uh, have a very strong chance of losing control of that chamber after 2018. Um, at what point do they go, you know what, the political liability of Donald Trump is not worth the uh, the ability to get him to sign our legislation because I feel like they're holding out because Donald Trump will sign their crap but you know what so well, will Mike and this, Pence this is what makes me angry is they got on those buses and rode to the White House for HCA and had a beer yeah. party <laughs> yeah because three weeks not, ago not right. not just because not because they wanted to show a united front with the Republican president mm-hmm. they did it because the institutional Democratic Party in their district is so weak that they felt they could get away with it. <laughs> And that needs to be changed. If we don't start Mm -hmm. getting a 50-state strategy back in place and start finding people who can – and fortunately, it does seem like in certain districts, they are finding (laughs) veterans, young veterans, you know, war veterans, not veterans of politics, war veterans to run. And this is the Tammy Duckworth model of Mm -hmm. we will find a – Injured war veteran or a war veteran with a stellar record to run a, on health care against tired old class of 2010 idiot. Yeah. And we'll win. Well, here- um, but it, that has to happen in so many districts and so many gerrymandered districts that I it, it, it isn't. I'm, I'm really shocked that they got on that bus and wouldn't put their arms around Donald Trump at that point because <laughs> that they underestimated how angry people are about that, yeah. I think. Um, but they feel safe. They feel like they will squeak through. And remember that, that Donald Trump cannot escape his own nature. Right. Yeah. Now, yeah. It, you, you can make it as complicated or as simple as you like, but he, yep. what is he basically as a, as an entity, as a, as a human being, mm-hmm. he's a spiteful, bitter lunatic. Yeah. He's and a, a racist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's basically like, and I always go back to there was a documentary that was out last year called "The Brainwashing of My Dad," where it's yeah. all about yep. this yep. this this documentarian and her father, who was once a Kennedy Democrat, who got ensconced in Fox News Channel and and listening to Rush Limbaugh and was kind of brainwashed. And and this, I mean, we're talking about for, he had to drive a long way for work, right? Right. And so yeah. he was listening to radio, and exactly. the, the news radio was Rush Limbaugh. Yeah, yeah. And, and he became addicted to it, yeah. and it changed. And it was yeah. basically an example of 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 millions of people, or maybe not millions literally, but but thousands and thousands and thousands of Americans experience the same thing. And I think mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, what we're dealing with in Donald Trump is uh, sort of like what John Favreau said on uh, Real Time with Bill Maher, basically an, a low information voter who suddenly is now president, and yep. also someone who has been brainwashed by the conservative entertainment complex. And well, that is something yep. that is, that's Donald Trump to me. Donald Trump is basically 
the 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 grandpa who watches too much Fox News Channel, and that's and, and, that's and, and there you right. see the problem. Yeah, and exactly right. First, uh, first of all, the one thing a spiteful, vindictive, bitter, old racist can't stand yeah. is to be humiliated. Oh yeah, can't stand it. Can't stand it. Mm-hmm. Well, here's another question that maybe we won't have time to, to complete during the course of this uh, the free portion of the show. We've got the uh, postmortem show coming up next. The uh, the fact that I you know I worry about. I worry about the aftermath of Trump, and maybe I sh- maybe I'm borrowing trouble and thinking too far ahead. But given the onslaught of breaking news, there's a certain level of adrenaline that we all experience when this crap mm-hmm. goes down. My concern is that when we go back to ordinary news, ordinary news cycles that uh-huh. we experienced pre eleven eight sixteen, that people are just going to be like boring, boring, not participating, not exciting enough. I'm not going to deal with this. You know, it's already a struggle, by the way, to get people to read things about the climate crisis. If I write about the environment, I can pretty much bet that no one is going to read that article because it's, it's not it's not sexy enough. It's not thrilling enough. It's not it's, hey, Bob, it's not incendiary. I'll punch it up for you. I'll punch it up for you. <laughs> All right. I just, from now on, when I write about the climate crisis, I say drift glass, punch this up. Yeah. Made it compelling for everybody. I'll, put, no I'll, I'll fizz it up. That's a little sexy. I'll make it a little sexy. <laughs> I'll zhuzh it up just for you. All right. Do you want to stick around for the uh, post-mortem show? We'll talk for I a couple can, couple minutes. I can, but your slash can. That's okay. How, that's how it work. And you guys will do your whole Glenn Greenwald thing. All right. Sure. Well, that's it. That's it for Blue yeah, Gal. Sausage. The Glenn Greenwald Sausage Festival will continue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not boycotting. I'm not boycotting. I just have kids coming home from school. I so. love that. All right. All right. So All it'll right. be just me and Drift Love class. you guys. Talking talk yeah. Civil War. Thank you so much, Blue Gal. Love you. Yeah. And, uh, and we'll Bye. be back with the uh, post-mortem show coming up here in just a few seconds. And uh, if you want to subscribe, go to patreon.com slash Bob and Chess. Do it now. Please do it. We're, we're, God, need more subscribers at Patreon. So it's patreon.com slash Bob and Chess. $5 a month will get you two post-mortem shows per week. That's eight per month. $10 a month will get you uh, two post-mortem shows plus an after party every week. $15 a month will get you those post-mortem shows plus the after-party plus commercial-free unbleeped version of this show. Hey, what more do you want? Patreon.com slash Bob and Chess. Go do it now. We'll see you on the post-mortem show. Bye-bye.